have your Bible this morning, open it up to the book of 1 Corinthians and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You've been with us over the last two Sundays together. We have been studying in regards to the resurrection of Jesus and its significance to our salvation. We have talked about the resurrection in Jesus and its significance to our justification and to our sanctification. By our justification, we have seen from the Word of God that if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then we are still in our sins. That is, God's wrath has not been satisfied, thus no one would be able to be justified in the sight of a holy and just God. Furthermore, in regards to our justification, we have seen from Scripture that one must believe in the literal, physical, bodily resurrection of Jesus in order to be saved. When it comes to our sanctification... If Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then the Spirit of God that He promised that He would send when He went back to His Father would not have been sent. Thus, we would not have the Helper that He promised that would come and live inside of us and work in us to make us more like Christ. As we saw from God's Word over in the book of Romans last Sunday, it is the Spirit of Christ the Spirit of Christ that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that has come to live inside of us. And it is that same resurrection power by the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead that transforms us into the image of Christ. That's how important the resurrection of Jesus is to our justification, how important it is to our sanctification. But for this morning... I want to talk with you, beginning here in 1 Corinthians 15 and moving more over to the Gospel of John, about the resurrection of Jesus and its significance for our glorification. And by our glorification, I'm really referring to our resurrection after our death and our residency after our death. That is, the resurrection of Jesus assures us that we will be raised from the dead and we will live with Jesus forever in heaven with Him. If that means if there is no resurrection of the dead, there is no resurrection of Jesus, if Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then we have no assurance that when we die, or when our loved ones die, that they will be raised and spend eternity with God. But thankfully we know that he has been raised. So I want us to look for a moment here in 1 Corinthians 15. And let me just read to you beginning in verse 20. Paul here writes to the church at Corinth and says, But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, after that 
those who are Christ at His coming. Then comes the end when He hands over the kingdom to the, to the God and Father when He has abolished all rule, all authority and power. For He must reign until He puts all enemies under His feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. Let me just stop there for a moment. If you recall, if we were going through this chapter together, if we were studying through it, we would see that Paul opened up 1 Corinthians chapter 15 talking about the gospel. Talking about, here's the gospel that I preached to you. Here's the gospel that you said you received and that you believed and by which you were saved. And he says, the gospel that I preached to you was this. That Christ Jesus came and he died for our sins according to the scripture. And that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then he appeared to Cephas and the twelve and the hundreds of people. He appeared to James and then least of all, he appeared to me. And this is what I came and preached to you and this is what you believed. And the reason why Paul was having to go back just through that simple presentation of the gospel whereby he mainly was highlighting about the resurrection of Jesus is because apparently there were some people now there in the church that were claiming there was no resurrection of the dead. And Paul then is trying to remind them that if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Jesus hasn't been raised. And if Jesus hasn't been raised, then if, when you die, you're still in your sins. Not only that, we're going around and telling lies to people because we're going around and telling people Jesus has been raised from the dead. And not only that, we of all people are to be most pitied in this world because we're putting our hope in something that's going to take place for us after we die when it's not going to take place. That's why he says there in verse 19, if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, that is, if putting your faith in Jesus only brings you something in this life only, that is, it brings you nothing in the life after death, then we are of all men most to be pitied. And then he transitions here into verse 20, but now Christ has been raised from the dead. He has been raised from the dead. Now next Sunday when we come together on Easter Sunday, we're going to come back here into 1 Corinthians chapter 15 because we, I want us to talk about our own resurrection. That we are going to be raised as well. And we're going to begin in verse 35 where the logical question is, well, how are the dead raised? And thankfully, God's word answers that for us. And that's what we'll be looking about. But what I want us to see this morning is this. Notice it says in verse 20, when we're understanding that the resurrection of Christ assures us of our resurrection after we die, is when he says there, he is the first fruits of those who are asleep. Over in Colossians in chapter 1 and verse 18, it there says about Jesus, He is the firstborn from the dead. Here Paul says, He is the first fruits of those who are asleep. That idea of asleep there are those who have already died. 
Jesus Christ is not the first and the last person that will be raised from the dead. He is the first, which means there are others to come. If he is the first fruits of those who are asleep, he's promising here that as sin and death came through a man, that is through Adam, through a man also, that is Christ Jesus comes resurrection, comes life, comes the resurrection of the dead. Just as in Adam, and we're all in Adam, we all die. We all die spiritually, and we all are going to look to experience death physically. But those who are in Christ, all who are in Christ, there is the promise that we will be made alive. We will be not only spiritually raised from the dead when we put our faith in Christ, but we will also in our bodies be physically, literally, in a sense, raised from the dead. We will be made alive, those who are in Christ. Because Jesus and his resurrection assures us that he is the first fruits. He is the first of those who are asleep that will be raised from the dead. But notice, there's, because there's an order to this, in verse 23. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, and after that, those who are Christ at his coming. At his coming. So Christ is the first fruits, and then there is the promise because Jesus has been raised from the dead, there is the promise of our resurrection as well. It is connected to the coming of Christ. But, beloved, may I say to you as we go through this the, the first and foremost question for all of us to ask ourselves this morning and hope that we have the right answer to is this, am I in Christ? Because I want you to notice very carefully what it says. Those who are Christ at his coming. Verse 22, also in Christ all will be made alive. This is a promise that is only for those who are Christ, who are in Christ at His coming. So again, the first and foremost question is, am I in Christ? Do I belong to Christ? Well, what does it mean to be in Christ? It means to be a Christian. It means to be a follower of Jesus. It is someone who has repented of their sins and put their faith in Jesus as their only hope for salvation. They put their faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. It is the one who has seen the love of Jesus there through the life and his death on the cross where he came and he was laying down his life for sinners so that all those who put their faith in him, all those who come to that conclusion and put their faith in him and see the only way that they're going to be forgiven of their sins, the only way God's ever going to accept them is through the life of Christ and the death of Christ. The life of Christ that was without sin and the righteousness that of Christ 
that is there that needs to be credited to us. And the death of Christ, His propitiation, that is His on the cross, taking on our sins upon Himself, satisfying the wrath of God, the just wrath of God. It is that person who's come to that conclusion and has said, I put my faith in Him and in Him alone. That's the person that is in Christ. So have you done that? Have you come to that conclusion? Have you come to that realization? And not only come to that realization and see that, but taking that step of faith and says, I am now putting my faith in Him. I'm abandoning anyone and everything else. I'm abandoning myself. I'm abandoning anything I've ever done. I'm just putting my faith in Christ. Well, beloved, if that's something that needs to happen for you, I pray this morning, this moment, this time, this day, you will put your faith in Christ. But if that is something that is true of you, and you know it's true of you, then beloved, what Jesus promised here what Paul promised here in regards to the resurrection of Christ. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, but he's just the first fruits. And you're going to be raised as well. There is a promise of your resurrection after your death that you will be raised as well. But when we think about our glorification, it's not just that our resurrection will come for us after we die. But also, I look at it as our residency, where it is that we will live. That for those of us who are in Christ, those of us who are Christians and believers, there is the promise that is assured to us because of the resurrection of Jesus and that resurrection and His ascension back to the Father. There is the promise that we will not only be raised from the dead after we die, we will reside with Jesus forever. We're going to get to reside with Jesus forever. Notice, if you will, when you just look back at our text here, he refers to those who are asleep. He refers to those who are Christ at his coming. And just keeping that thought in mind, if you will, for just a moment, turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where we're given a little more details about this for us. We're here, Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica. And apparently, again, there's some confusion that is taking place in this church, though Paul has taught them already about some of these things and, and shared some things with them about this. There's still some confusion that they have. So in verse 13 of 1 Thessalonians 4, he says, but we don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant about what's going to happen, brethren. About who? About those who are asleep. So that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. See, there are people in this world who have no hope. They have no hope for themselves and they have no hope for their loved ones, their family, their friends, or anyone that has, that has, that has passed on. They have no hope. 
But Paul says to these believers, Brethren, I don't want you to be uninformed about those who are asleep, who passed on before you now. You don't, yes, you're going to grieve, but you don't have to grieve as the rest who have no hope. Why? Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Stop right there for a moment. He says, Jesus is going to bring with him those who have fallen asleep that are in Jesus. Which means this, if he's going to bring them with him, it means that when they died, their soul immediately went into the presence of God and the presence of Jesus, and that's where their soul is residing right now. It is there in heaven with the Lord. They're with him. He goes on to say, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ. Again, I go back to that fundamental question. The foremost question here this morning is, are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Because this is again a promise that is limited to only those who are in Christ. And if someone is in Christ and they are now asleep, which I think is a wonderful way to picture death for the unbeliever because it is as though they're just asleep in the sense physically, but they're going to be raised again, Jesus said. Whenever Jesus comes, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So and so we shall always be with the Lord. See, this is the comfort that we have, the reality that we know that if we believe that Jesus not only died on the cross, but he was raised from the dead and he's back there with the Father, then we believe whenever we die as believers, immediately our soul goes to be in the heaven with the Lord. It is with him, it's residing with him. And whenever he comes, he's going to be bringing us with him and there's going to be the resurrection of our bodies, the reunion, the reuniting of our bodies with our soul and we're going to be raised, glorified in Christ. And we will be with the Lord. We will be with the Lord. We will reside with Him. Wherever He is, we will be. We will always be with Him. As I thought about this, I went back to the teachings of Jesus. And Jesus taught that there's a distinction between those who believe in him and those who don't when it comes to being able to follow after him after his death and resurrection. Jesus told unbelievers, and we're going to see it here in a moment, he told unbelievers that where I'm going, you cannot follow me. 
He ultimately told believers, where I am going, you will eventually follow me. And what we know is, is where Jesus was going was back to heaven to be with his father. He was going back to be with his father after his death, after his resurrection. He was going to ascend back to be there in glory with his father where he was before he came the first time. That for believers, they don't get to follow him, but yet they die in their sins under the wrath of God. Let me show you that. Let me show you this and how Jesus said that. Let's start with what he had to say to unbelievers. Turn over to the Gospel of John. Turn to John chapter 7 for a moment. Turn to John chapter 7. And please, I want you to listen very carefully to me this morning. I really want you to listen to what Jesus has to say this morning very carefully, especially if you're here and you've never put your hope, you've never put your life You've never put your soul, your eternal destiny solely in the hands of Jesus. You need to listen carefully to what Jesus is saying to you. In John chapter 7 and verse 33, Jesus says, Therefore, Jesus said, For a little while longer I am with you. Then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me, And will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The Jews then said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? He is not intending to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks, is he? What is this statement that he said? You will seek me and will not find me. And where I am, you cannot find. You cannot come, Jesus says. And he's speaking here to people who will not and are not believing in him. And he's saying, where I'm about to go, you cannot follow after me. Thus, where I am, you cannot come. Look over in John chapter 8. Jesus again speaking to some unbelieving Jews. He says in verse 21, Then he said again to them, I go away, and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, Surely he will not kill himself. Will he, since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? And he was saying to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am, that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they are saying to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, What I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And the things which I have heard from him, these I speak to the world. They did not realize he had been speaking to them about the Father. 
Jesus says there, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. And I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak the things as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me, and He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. As He spoke these things, many came to believe in Him. Jesus again is addressing this crowd, and He's telling them, I'm going to go away. And where I'm going, though you may in some form or fashion seek me, you will not find me, and you will not find me because you're unwilling to believe in me. Remember what Jesus has already said to them. He said to them back in John chapter 5, listen to this, in John chapter 5 and verse 39 and 40, he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And he, this is true. He says, but in, in these they testify about me. And you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. You see, what was their problem? They were just unwilling. They were unwilling to come to Christ. They would even go seeking the scriptures to understand about the Messiah. And it was testifying about him. And they really couldn't even deny it. They couldn't deny the miracles. They couldn't deny what was going on. They just were unwilling to do it. They just would not surrender to him and come to him, believe upon him. That's why he says over in John 7 and 17, if anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. They just weren't willing. They just didn't really want him and what he was teaching about them what he was teaching about their need of redemption, their need of salvation. He was teaching them about their sinfulness. He was teaching them about their, their error in their thinking when it came to how a person was saved and made right with God. They just weren't willing to abandon all that. And so Jesus here really in love is warning them, telling them, where I'm going, you cannot follow me. Where I am, you cannot come. You cannot be with me. And Jesus is telling them, as he's already said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Because I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. If you want to come to the Father, then you have to come through me. If you want to come where I'm going, I'm going to be with the Father. If you want to be with the Father, you're going to have to come through me. And by coming through me means you're going to have to be willing to believe in me. Put your faith in me. Trust me as your Savior, your Lord, your Messiah. You're going to have to be willing to abandon everything that you've been thinking and believing all your life in regards to salvation and being right with God. God. And they just weren't willing to do that. And because of that, Jesus says, you won't follow me. You will not follow me. May I ask you this morning, what is it that will keep you from coming to Christ? What is it that 
keeps you unwilling to really abandon all and put your faith in Christ? Could you possibly even be someone like many of the Jews of Jesus' day that they're searching the Scriptures? They're seeking all these things out and it's right there in front of them. It's right there in front of their face. They knew it. But they were just unwilling. You notice every time Jesus says something to them about uh, you not be able to follow me, the first thing they said was, well, is he going to go among the Greeks where we don't go? That's why we can't follow him. Or is he going to commit suicide and kill himself and thus we can't follow him? And how they thought about certain things. They did want to come to grips with their own sin, their own standing before God. Well, beloved, I pray there's nothing in your life right now that is so worth your eternal soul and not being able to follow Christ. But for believers, Jesus said that you will eventually get to follow Him. Stay in the Gospel of John now. Go over to John chapter 13. In John 13... In verse 31, here Jordan, Jesus is getting to the end of his life, the end of his ministry. In verse 31, therefore, when he had gone out, Jesus said, that's talking about Judas. Judas was there. This is the, uh, the night of the Lord's Supper, and they're, they're, they're gathering together there, and Judas is going to betray him, and, and Jesus says, go do what you need to do, and, and Judas gets up and he leaves. Therefore, it says, when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him immediately. Notice verse 33. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you, where I am going... You cannot come. Now when he says, as I said to the Jews, that's referencing back to those two passages we just read a moment ago in John 7 and John 8. He said, as I said to the Jews, I'm now going to say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. Now pick it back up in verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. You can't follow me right now, but you will follow me later. Jesus promised to his disciples, he tr promised to those that were the true believers, you will follow me. And of course, Peter in his arrogance and his pride said, look, I'll follow you wherever. I'll follow you right now. And of course, Jesus says, no, Peter. A rooster will not crow until you've denied me three times. But where was Jesus going? 
Jesus says, look, I'm with you a little while longer and I'm going to leave. But I'm going back to my Father. And that's why he wants to encourage them. He knows now their heart is troubled because Jesus is saying, I'm about to leave you and where I'm going right now, you're not going to be able to follow me. And in verse 1 of chapter 14, you pick it up. Now you understand when it says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go, this is where I'm going, to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You notice Jesus promises to his disciples, his true disciples, that where I am, you will be also. Just as he told those Jews, those unbelieving Jews of his day, where I am and where I'm going, you cannot come, you cannot be with me. But he has promised us. He has promised his true faithful disciples. He has promised Christians and followers of Christ that you will ultimately follow me one day. That after you die, you will come to be with me in heaven. And I'm preparing a place for you. Whereas he said to the unbelievers in John 7 and John 8, that you are going to die in your sins and you're never going to get to come to be with me. You're never going to get to follow me. Beloved, the resurrection of Jesus assures us of our own resurrection as believers that our humble bodies will be transformed and conformed into the body of Jesus' glory. And the resurrection of Jesus assures us that we will reside with Him forever. We will live with Christ forever. He's gone to prepare a place for us. And you're going to get to be with Him forever. If you know Christ, if you have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, there's an assurance of our resurrection, there's an assurance of our residency with God after we die. So may that have an impact on our life right here and now. In two ways. One, may it cause us to truly sell out for the Lord. Sell out for Christ. Knowing that this is not our home. Sell out for Him in the here and now knowing this is not where we will reside. This is not our citizenship. This is not where we're going to eternally dwell. What comfort this brought to the believers in Smyrna that we've been studying over in the book of Revelation on Sunday nights. Remember in Revelation chapter 2 when Jesus was talking to a little small church there in a community called Smyrna. And here's how he introduced himself. He introduced himself as the one who was dead and came to life. 
Why would he introduce himself in that way? Because he told this little group of, of believers in this little church, he says, I'm telling you this because here very shortly you are going to be persecuted. And in fact, the devil's going to have some of you thrown in prison and some of you are going to actually be put to death. But have hope and persevere. Why? Because the one who came and died is now living forevermore. And if he died and is living forevermore, when you die, you will live forevermore also. Thus, persevere. Stand for the gospel. Stand for the truth. Sell out for Christ in the here and now. But secondly, knowing that Christ's resurrection assures you of your resurrection and of your residency with Him after you die. Beloved, knowing that that is true and true only for believers. That should compel us to not only sell out for Christ in this life, but to share the gospel with others. Because we have seen clearly Jesus made a distinction when he talked to those Jews that were not willing to believe in him. He says, you will not follow me. You will not be where I'm going to be. And he said to those that had truly believed in him, you will eventually follow me. And where I am, you will be also. That means, beloved, we know that when someone dies without faith in Christ, we know that they didn't get to go and be with Jesus. They didn't follow Jesus. And they won't ever follow Jesus. And as we're going to see next Sunday, when we come to God's Word, we're going to see that even unbelievers are going to be raised from the dead. And they're going to be raised from the dead and be thrown into the eternal lake of fire. That's what God has promised because they were unwilling to believe in Jesus. We know this is the truth. May that compel us to share the gospel faithfully knowing that people need to put their faith in Christ. We want them to be in Christ so that if they die in Christ, they will be raised in Christ. Or if they're still here alive in Christ, when Christ comes, they'll be also raised and transformed in Christ. It's all those who are in Christ. Put your faith in Christ. So I want to ask you to bow your heads for a moment.